Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for a Breaking Bad episode, episode 12 of season 5, Rabid Dog. This was first aired on the 1st of September 2013. It was written by Sam Catlin, directed by Sam Catlin. And an interesting one to talk about this week, as they always are, let's be honest. But uh, looking forward to chatting once again about this episode. My name is Ben, and how's work? Last week you were upset about the new parking rules? And my name's Nick, and um, I am in the mood for a nuanced discussion about the benefits of child poisoning. Absolutely. Who isn't? That's uh, this week's episode of the Oz Network. Um, Yeah, we ended up on a big... Cliffhanger last week, Jesse about to burn down the White House. Yep. Uh, and this week, <laughs> the White House isn't burnt. White House down. There's no Gerard Butler. Is that the one he was in? Isn't there like two? I think so. I think so. White House down and Olympus has fallen. Or was it in Olympus has fallen? I don't fucking know. That was the same goddamn uh, wh- movie. I think White House down was Jamie Foxx, maybe. Oh, uh, yeah, of course it was. And then Gerard Butler was in the other one. Morgan Freeman um, was in one of them. Yeah, Exactly. Um, that's exactly correct. Um, but yeah, uh, what are your thoughts, initial thoughts on this one, Nick? Maybe the last, you said it last week, kind of the last setup episode. Can I controversially say, controversially say maybe the last slow episode of Breaking Bad? (laughs) Well, I mean, it shouldn't be controversial to say that an episode's slow. I think, uh, and because I, I don't necessarily think slow equals boring or bad like i think you know, and i think you know we, we may be getting ahead of ourselves starting to talk about better call saul already but you know that's yeah. a show that's that's traditionally been des- described as a slow burn yeah, and um so. and and i find it a fascinating show in, in a lot of places so you know i don't necessarily think that just because we're talking about it being a slow episode that that makes it bad um but yeah, I think in saying that, we are definitely you know here at the end now, and I think you know any time where it's not balls to the wall action, I think we we're rightfully going to say, look, you know, is there a reason for this? But having said that, there's lots of moments in this episode that are very tense and 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 very exciting, and and um, like we talked about last episode, this is really the last kind of setup building block episode before it kind of just goes crazy in the last four episodes. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with everything you say there. I think that it's, you know, I'm not saying this is a bad episode. By all means, it's not a bad episode. Um, But it's sort of, again, as I often say, are you going to put this on as a random episode of Breaking Bad to watch? Probably not. Um, I mean, you might. This might be your bag. This is might what you do. But um, this is definitely one of those ones that I think, like, I think that kind of, 
even though I did a speed rewatch of these recently that I kind of like looked at some of these on the list and I can automatically see the name of an episode and go, oh, that's that one, that's that one, that one. I think like this one and then last week, or maybe last week you can know what's going to happen in one, but I think I looked at this episode going like, oh, what happens in that episode again? So it's kind of like it wasn't a standout one. And maybe this also comes down to the fact that there's three episodes more in this season than there are, of course, in a usual season of Breaking Bad. And you might argue that you could have combined this one with last week, potentially. Who knows? Like, yeah, uh, and, and, you should, but you could have. Yeah, and I think as well, like we talked a little bit about the effect of this being one that, and re- like last week we talked about, there's lots of um, kind of rewards to go back and rewatch it or to be a big fan and, you know, to find yeah. a little Easter eggs and things like that. And, and this episode maybe is the opposite, that like it is the one that, you know, in real time, this was really exciting to kind of see what happened with the whole Jesse, you know, like what we saw at the end of the last episode. And then, you know, we kind of see him obviously with Hank and the setup. And, and you know, I think that that kind of confrontation that we get at the end of the episode and, and the kind of plaza is is really exciting in real time. But I think maybe going back and watching it, you know, in retrospect, this episode maybe feels like, come on, I just want to get to the end now. You know, like we are so close. Yeah. So I, I, I and, and sometimes you have, you have to have one of each, right. You, you know, sometimes you, can, you can't all be, you know, here's something for the fans to watch back and it can't all be, we're just going to give you the sugar rush in the moment. You kind of do have to have, if if you're building a really kind of, you know, legacy show, you're going to have both types of episodes. Which, I mean, if you think about it too, I mean, what we're going to get in the next couple of weeks, just like, it's also probably why you don't really remember this episode (laughs) because like what we're going to about to see. Yeah. So it can kind of easily you know, get kind of, I guess, forgotten about uh, through all of that. Um, But we'll get straight into uh, it in terms of picking up from last week. So Walt has arrived at his house. He sees Jesse's car. And, of course, the thing, I think, like, this is a bit, I reckon, where if you're watching this for the first time, this is like, holy crap, like, what's going to happen? Whereas I think, like, when you know what's happening, it's not as tense, if you know what I mean. Like, there are certain scenes in this show where, even when you know, like the train, um, the train robberies, I said a few weeks back, like even though I've seen that how many times, I still am on the edge of my seat watching this. Whereas this, I'm not. Like it's kind of, I'm not saying this is shot badly, but knowing that Jesse's not in this house, it, I'm like, okay, well, this mm. is, I've clearly meant to be tense. But like watching this for the first time, I can imagine, you're like, holy fuck, like what's going to happen? They're going to have a shootout. So Walt's gone through his home looking for Jesse. And obviously Jesse's not there. Well, not obviously Jesse's not there. If you haven't seen this before, you don't know that Jesse's not there. Um, but uh, yeah, Jesse is not there. And he can, we sort of get him like squelching on the rug. He can smell the gasoline. You see him going to the car, which we should have mentioned. He, Jesse stole Sol's car, of course. And we see Walt kind of searching through it. We see this CD with some powder on it, uh, implying that Jesse's uh, taken some drugs. Drugs are bad. Um and kind of leaving it a little bit mysterious. And then after the credits, uh, Walt's called Huel, and Huel's going to go check at uh, Jess, uh, Walter Jr.'s school to make sure that he uh, Jesse hasn't gone there and just, I guess, doing a bit of um, cleaning up here, making sure that Jesse's not coming after uh, him or any of his family members. And we see that uh, the lockers has to be changed because Jesse's kicked the door in and Walt's been very particular here saying, no, the keys have got to remain the same. Nothing can be different. And that we've got this carpet cleaning group that are trying to clean up the gasoline smell. Walt's not too happy with the service here, but these guys are basically like, look, there's nothing else we can do here. This is the best you're going to get. There's no way we can get gas out. It's soaked through your floorboards, essentially. You're going to need carpet. You're going to need new floorboards. 
So Walt starts to think out of the box and we see him pouring a whole bunch of gasoline on his clothes and even pouring some gasoline in his car before sneakily putting the gas can in his neighbor's bin, which I have been told you never dispose of a gas can in a bin because it's dangerous. But uh, that was just some advice that got given to me at one point in my life. But anyway, uh, basically the first 10 or so minutes there, we'll stop just before we get to Walt lying for the first time this episode. This episode, um, yeah, I think it's um, it, it's all good. Like it, it's good to kind of have that that follow up straight away because, I, and I think probably one thing that we didn't talk about in the last episode is that the, the kind of cliffhanger about Jesse, you know, coming in and, and throwing petrol all over the house, and you thinking he's going to about you know to burn the house down loses a bit of, of of sting because we already know from the flash forward we yeah. know that the house hasn't been burnt down, down. Yeah. um and and so i think that that's um you know that's a bit of a concern um in, in terms of how it actually works as as a kind of narrative device um so yeah i think it's quite nice to kind of get that resolution quickly um so that you can kind of see what's happened here and kind of move on and, and yeah I, I i like that whole thing about um you know that the petrol's kind of soaked through the carpet and the floorboards it's not as simple as just getting rid of it and Walt's obviously trying to do everything to kind of cover his tracks because he knows what Skylar may do if she feels that kind of like their life is at risk that at the moment she's there because she feels like it's the safest option right for for her to still be with with Walt um even though there is a lot of risks involved but if that changes then you know potentially she's not going to stay here and and that could cause trouble for him so I think it's really kind of you know, it, it's useful from that perspective. Um, and um, I, I'm disappointed, Ben, that you didn't mention that we get a tidy whitey shot again. Well, um, I thought that was your bag. So right, I thought okay. you would just go for that. Yeah. So, yeah, you'd be like, I've, I've got your petrol soaked tidy whitey's right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's nice. I think we've been getting a lot of tidy whiteys in this final eight episodes. It feels like, you know, there's a lot of callbacks happening and, and, the second half of season six, you know, to famous episodes, whether it's Fly or the Tarantula that we saw last episode or, you know, whatever it is, we're getting kind of lots of that. And um, I think that they like the Tidy Whities as much as me because we keep going back to them. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, who doesn't like a good bunch of uh, Tidy Whities? What was that? Um, Lisi from Survivor Fiji? <laughs> Remember that? We had her yes. singing that live on this very show back when we were Survivor Oz. Um Gosh, I was I was going through recently something to do with Survivor Oz, and again, just looking through some of the episodes, I'm like, did I interview that person? I don't remember interviewing that person. Um, and then again, looking at some of the Oslets, who, who the hell was that Oslet? I never remember that. Nick Chester, who was that? Um, just it's shout out to all our Oslets and former guests on this show. Our uh, previous days as Survivor. Is there, Oz. Is, there a, is there a Survivor Oz like wiki page? Like, do we do Oslets will get our own individual wiki entrance? <laughs> Well, some of you should, let's be honest. Uh, no, uh, there there is a – Survivor Oz exists on Survivor Wiki. That's right. as close as we get right, to right. existing in the – but I think we planned on the website to have our own wiki, I think, at one point. We were doing a database or something. It was in the grand scheme That's of the right. that we had. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Um, I remember watching episodes of, of One World to recap them to put on that. You must have loved that. Um, yeah, it was great. What are you in the 99 percentile of people who hate that season? I'm the one percent who loves that season. So uh, I, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind it maybe as much as everybody else. It's an under. It's one of the best casts. Come on, Tarzan, what a man! <laughs> <laughs> now, and now you've taken it too far. 
Oh, you just, just, hey, I could have said Colton. You know I'm a big Colton fan. Um, anyway, uh, so, yeah, Walt's first lie of the episode, uh, Skylar comes home, sees his fan in his car, and he's got Holly, and is that gasoline? And Walt's big lie here, as Walter Jr. watches on, is that he was at the gas station, and there was a pump malfunction, gasoline everywhere. He came home, stripped naked, clothes all over the carpet, having a shower. Shit, my clothes are on the carpet. Oh, my God, gas everywhere. So he's trying to get it all uh, cleaned out and just uh, going through this lie. And then I love Walter Jr. straight away. He's like, Dad, stop lying. Just say you're passed out because the cancer's back. And kind of Walt is sort of backtracking. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah okay, sure. Um, so kind of he, he goes uh, through there to quickly clear it out. Um, meanwhile, Walt goes out into the car and we've got Bill Burr and Sol here. Um, uh, I should also actually, I've, I've gotten to, I've buried the lead here that of course, uh, Walt says they all go stay in a hotel because I love Walter Jr.'s like, oh, we can go stay at Marie. She's got Marie and Hanks. They've got plenty of room. And Walt's just like, how about a hotel? Uh, <laughs> so is that, are you one of these people like me who loves staying at hotels or are you one of these people like not me who doesn't like staying at hotels? Um, I'm, I'm pretty agnostic, really. They're just like a functional thing for me. It's like it's like me with cars. I'm not really a car person. It's just a thing that you kind of have to have. And now when you need a hotel, it's nice to have. I think it would be weird to stay in a hotel in the city you live in. That would be quite an odd experience. I've never done that before. Um, I did that when I was living in Victoria. Um, so that was it was strange, but there was a reason behind it. Um, have I stayed in a hotel in Hobart? I have. Well, yeah, I've spe- special occasions. Um, so in Hobart, I've stayed in hotels like for it's a, it's a romantic weekend. Let's go stay yeah. at a nice hotel. Um, and obviously, I got married in Victoria, so like it was a wedding night sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think like it, it, it's one of those things when you splurge and you get a nice hotel, it just feels a bit fancy. And you know, I love it here when Walt's saying about like, oh, he's got room service and uh, pay per view and stuff like that. So like, yeah, like it, it, it can be fun. But having said that, I've also been stuck in a quarantine hotel for two weeks <laughs> with no, not even a balcony or anything. I couldn't even open a window. So I got very familiar with the last hotel that I stayed in at the time of recording this. So, um, but yeah, room service is great. Let's just so- say that. So I think one thing about this lie is that, you know, you talked about it being Walt's first of this episode, but um, the other thing is that it's, it, you know, it, it's one of his least effective lies that even Walt Jr. can can see through this and, and kind of makes mm. up an excuse from, oh, you know, it's because of, you know, because of the cancer that you're not thinking straight and, and all this kind of stuff. So I, th- I think that it's interesting that, yeah, it's, it's one of Walt's worst lies in terms of its effectiveness. I, l- I like the way that, like, it's played, though, the way kind of Walter Jr. is like, Dad, just stop lying to us. And you're like, oh, my God, is he cotton onto something here? Um, so it's just kind of the way he kind of does that. But do you think, is Walt just getting worse in his lies now that he's kind of cocky and in control? Like, is this kind of a thing, do you think, where he kind of doesn't lie, tries hard? Because, again, like, I'm guessing it's it's a part of this as, as an actor is that, kind of Brian Cranston is playing this so people can see through it because I feel as an audience we know he's lying but like I even think if you just jumped into this scene having not seen him knowing that he's lying it's kind of obvious that he's lying so I'm guessing yeah. this is done deliberately yeah I, I I think so I think it's more that you know given given time he can come up with a, a kind of convincing cover story for just about anything but he just isn't really given time here um you know like he is just kind of having to make something i'm on the spot really and and you know and he's not able to do it um it, yeah and so i think it's it's just that he's under a bit of pressure at this point and he's not able to tell a convincing lie yeah which it's 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 interesting 
But um, yeah, it's it's it's. I I mean, Brian Cranston sells it very well for a guy who's like pretending to tell the pretending to pretend to tell the truth. Like, there's a whole layered system there that I'm not going to go through. Basically, um. So this is a scene in the car. Waltz with uh, I love Saul all bashed up here, um, and then uh, yeah, Bill Burr. What's his character's name again? QB. QB. Sorry, I just was calling Bill Burr. Uh, going through, he just like they, they can't find Jesse. Essentially, they don't know where he is. And I love here they're kind of this their tales of like tailing him. And I love here QB is basically like, oh yeah, and I, uh, what does what does Waltz say? Have you tried following their uh, friends Beavis and something? It's like. Oh. <laughs> Badger, it's Pete. And I just love that look on Brian. He's like, oh, yeah. Uh, and then it's just like, yeah, I even put like a, a a microphone in his mother's meter box and he spent three hours talking about something called Babylon 5. <laughs> 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 like, I just, like, it's it's just some unintentionally funny line. I just love it. And Sol's basically here going like, oh, well, you know, we could always maybe uh, do the old Yeller thing. It's like, oh, what are you talking about? Like, oh, you know, old Yeller. Everyone loved him, but, uh, you know, had to get put out of his misery. And I love uh, Walt. He's basically like, oh, you love your references, Belize, old yeller. Like, no, this isn't a thing. So he's not going to kill Jesse, uh, at least yet. Um, and so <laughs> I love here Walt going up, lying again, talking about the ice. Now, he, he's a, this might be the dumb question that I've asked of the episode, but uh, maybe a, it's a smart question. I don't know. Have you ever stayed in a hotel and needed to get ice before? No. Different right. not a thing I've done. Okay. Now, follow up. If you were to go to a hotel and get ice, would you think it's free or that you'd have to pay for it? I would expect it to be free. Okay. Well, see, maybe I'm dumb then. Um, I've been in a hotel and had to get ice and I thought I would have to pay for it. This is in the US, but no, it's free. And I got mocked endlessly that I would think I'd have to pay for it. I'm like, I'm from Australia. You go to most restaurants, you have to pay for water in some some of them. <laughs> so, like, this is that mindset where I'm like, well, it's frozen water, so therefore I probably have to pay for it. But uh, anyway, just random Ben fact of the week that you don't generally have to pay for ice, at least in America. I don't know about Australia. I've never had to get ice in Australia. Must be the, must be the only thing in America that it's cheaper than it is anywhere, like, you know, like, it's, oh, not, like know. Health, it's not like health care. You actually well, have, to, you that. have to pay for that. But most most other items are a lot cheaper than they are in this part of the world. Trust me. <laughs> Maybe it's the more important it is, the more expensive it is, right? True. Like, yeah. Exactly. But and one thing too, though, on my defence, uh, I think it's only recently changed. But in Australia, for the most part, don't know if it was a New Zealand thing. If you went to a hotel, you would have to pay extra for Wi-Fi, whereas uh, most yeah. hotels in the US, it's free. So right. uh, I think recently they've changed it. I think Wi-Fi is now free. But I remember a large period going to a hotel anywhere in Australia, you'd have to pay for Wi-Fi. <laughs> It's because you're like it's because you're like downloading sixty two episodes of Breaking Bad, you know. Yeah, well, like, exactly. Yeah. And our internet sucks enough in this country anyway, so it's kind of <laughs> like they've got to pay for it. So uh, Walt comes back. Oh, I had to get some ice. Um, and then I just love Skylar. He's just basically like, just stop lying. I saw you with bloody Soul. Like, how is Soul, by the way? Um, and kind of just calls her out like uh, complete bullshit straight away. Um, and then I just, I like this scene. Uh, I haven't really talked up Anna Gunn recently, but I just kind of like here about how she's just going on about like somebody came to burn the house down, didn't they? Like I knew this would happen. I know somebody would come and try and kill us that, uh, this is going to happen. Uh, and I love kind of Walt here going like, well, he, um, he changed his mind. He didn't do it. And then Skylar straight is like, well, how do you know he's not going to change his mind back? Um, and then Skylar's basically like, yeah, you should kill that person to make sure that it shouldn't happen again. So I was like, wow, evil Skylar. But I love that line. What does Walt say? Like, 
how drunk are you? And she's just kind of like, not enough. Like, I love that lie when Skylar's just doing there. But, like, I'm not the biggest fan of this episode and the fact that this is not going to rate highly. I'm not going to be in this episode. Will he rent or buy it? Oh, stay tuned. But um, I think that this is an underrated scene for me. This I, I've marked down a potential top five scene. This isn't it. But, uh, I just again, it's been a while, I feel, since I've talked up Anna Garn, at least a couple of weeks. And uh, I just I just like this scene. I kind of I like the way she's essentially there going on about hey like hey I told you this would happen. Yeah, I think and I think this is like a companion piece to Cornered, right? Like this is the kind of you know the very famous I'm the one who knocks. This is the other half of that of like actually somebody did knock on the door and and you know we weren't safe and 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 of course it's nowhere near as kind of memorable and so therefore it does get overlooked but actually this is the whole thing of like waltz bravado and that moment has kind of been undercut here now um so yeah i think it's you know it, it is um a good scene i do really enjoy it and i think kind of the thing that we have to remember is that waltz having to keep a, a very careful balancing act here to make sure that skylar stays on side because if he pushes things too far who knows what she might do, at least from Walt's perspective. I think probably as an audience, you know, that Skylar's too deep into this now that I, I, I don't think her kind of flipping on him is a, is a realistic option at this point in the story. So, um, but, but I think Walt doesn't potentially know that he knows he has to kind of keep Skylar on side because, you know, bad things might happen if he doesn't. So yeah, I, I think it's an, I think it's an effective scene. And I think it also kind of sells us that, you know, Walt still has this affection for Jesse. Like he's, he can't quite rid himself of this need to yeah. kind of try and keep Jesse safe. And and I think that that's a, a really interesting kind of side point of this. Um, I think just while we're here, I mean, often we talk about um, trivia at the end of the episode, but just while we're talking about that thing about Babylon 5, apparently Brian Cranston had a small part as Ranger Captain Erickson in the episode The Long Night. Of course. Of course he did. I recognize him from that. My dad yes. loves Babylon 5. <laughs> um, so like I, I remember he would watch that all the time and that was was that the one in the Big Bang Theory that Sheldon always bagged out as being like the worst sci-fi show uh, of all time I think it's like oh that stupid is enough to watch Babylon 5 but no I remember my dad loved it like that was one of his favourite shows he used to always watch um, so this is it's I find it interesting editing here the fact that it, we're, we're what like halfway through the episode and now we're going to get the flashback to what happened with Jesse like I kind of feel like it's, it's an interesting choice to do this. Like, I guess it keeps us guessing, right? So, like, we've got the opening sequence of Walt kind of around the house and kind of sneakily, because I guess that's the tension. The first time watching it, as I said, you don't know what's happening, so that kind of works. But it's weird that they kind of wait halfway through the episode to kind of show us what happens with Jesse. So, um, I don't know if I feel it works and they should have done it earlier. I don't know. But we see Jesse throwing the gas all over the place. He's about to light it. And then all of a sudden, who should come in to save the day? It's Hank. Hank has got a gun drawn and... Basically, he's been tailing Jesse since Saul's office, and he's like, "No, like, come on, we can, we can make this work. You don't need to do this." And this is, I've, again, not going to be a top five. I get it, but I just, this is the scene that I thought was in last week's episode. I love Aaron Paul here, just to Jesse, like, you know, he can't keep getting away with this. Just like the way he just like is losing it here. Uh, I know Aaron Paul won the Emmy last week um, for that episode, but I mean, he's equally as good in this scene here. Just. So good. Just so desperate. I just, I just love it when you get sort of an Aaron Paul. Again, a guy who's got no acting experience, no acting lessons, any anything like that. And this is he's capable of pulling this off. And he Hank gets his way. He takes away um, Jesse and he's basically like, hey, let's go back. Let's get, you know, tell me your story. We can get him together. So this is, I guess, the start of um, Jesse going against Walt. 
so yeah, gonna be uh quite interesting here to see what goes there. Um, let's kind of tie on all this stuff with Jesse and Hank because we've got to get a scene with Marie and Dave. Um, because here he is. It's our first and only time we ever see Dave in person. I feel mm. like this is that friend. You've always got that friend who always talks about somebody, right? Like you hear about <laughs> them all the time. Like, oh, Jenny, Jenny, Jenny from work, Jenny, 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 Jenny. And then you finally meet Jenny and you're like, oh, that's not what I was expecting. But uh, sure, here he is, Dave. Um, I wonder like what the casting call was like for Dave. Like, let's get Dave finally. We're <laughs> going to see his face. Um, and this is just a scene where basically Marie's like talking about wanting to poison a family friend. Um, which, what is she talking about? Like a uh, shellfish poison or something like that. Um, and then I love here how she's just like, oh no, I'm just fantasizing about it. It's okay. Uh, and I, 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 I kind of love selfish Marie here. Just kind of like, oh, can we just talk about me? Uh, isn't that generally what you always do in therapy? Like <laughs> pretty shit therapist, Dave, if it's about you. Uh, we'll no doubt get to this scene in a minute. Cause I'm sure Nick's probably got a boner or something watching this scene with his new love for Betsy Brandt. I don't know. Um, but she comes home and she's got a couple of bags waiting for her to go. Hank's kicking her out. Um, but, uh, basically Hank's like, yeah, we're doing something here that, uh, you're not going to really like. And we find out that, uh, Jesse is staying with Hank. So we've come a long way from, um, Jesse getting the shit beat out of him by Hank. Haven't we? That he's now, uh, they're roomies. Um, and I kind of, uh, oh, this isn't the scene. I was about to jump ahead. I, I kind of like Marie making a coffee for Jesse, but, um, the phone rings and this is where Hank listens to this voicemail from Walt with Jesse, uh, with Walt asking Jesse to meet up. So yeah, basically everything from the flashback through to, um, passed out Jesse. Cause what does, does Hank say? He's like been given some sleeping pills or something like that. So he's drugged Jesse, poor Jesse. Yeah, and I think kind of like the, the, the kind of vulnerability of Jesse in that scene when he's in the, the White House, I think is, is really, really you know impressive, like say, of somebody that doesn't have a lot of acting experience at this point in his career. It is just really, really good. And that whole thing of like, he's just been broken. Like, you know, he can't keep getting away with this, I think is a really, really critical line for the show. You know, it is something that it really kind of speaks to what the end of the show is really about, that can Walt keep getting away with what he's, what he's done and I really like kind of Dean Norris the way he acts this that Hank is very compassionate and these early points you know he wants to get Jesse on side he wants to work with Jesse and he want you know both both of them are aligned to what they want at this point so you know and and you know he plays it very very carefully and you know spoiler alert it, that doesn't that doesn't last you know once Jesse doesn't give them what they want Hank starts to get really he's very short with Jesse and I think kind of he loses Jesse a little bit um you know because well, he doesn't lose Jesse but I think Jesse is is irritated by him because he you know later on he's not as interested in, in kind of um you know whatever Jesse's got to say you know um whereas in this moment here he's very kind of compassionate towards Jesse which I like it feels like it's right for that moment um so yeah and and, and I do kind of like this whole thing of you know, like, we're gonna have to bring him to the house because we can't take him you know into a police station I think is, is a really interesting thing you know who they should have cast as as Dave they should have just made Dave Jer. yeah <laughs> that would have been perfect oh god his real name is like yeah Dave Jer. yeah that would be funny god wouldn't we just be like, he's the only therapist in all of Albuquerque, basically. He's the only one that they can get available. Um, that would have been interesting. <laughs> not not available that way, Jer, seriously. 
Um, who who's who looks douchier, Jer or Dave? Jer. Jer, definitely. Yeah. 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 yeah Jer. Dave just Dave just doesn't live up to expectations. I feel. I don't know. Like I've, <laughs> this mysterious Dave who's helping out Marie, and here he is, plain Dave. Doesn't look that you're, good. You're expecting more. Yeah, I was. Roger Moore. He would have been good. Why didn't they cast Roger Moore? Hello, Marie. I believe you're having some troubles. You just get him an ice cream. <laughs> yeah. A woman. Uh, a genuine Felix Leiter. Um, oh, rest in peace, Roger Moore. Um, so a couple other scenes here. So uh, Walt and Walt Jr. have a nice little moment by the pool. Uh, Walt basically telling Walt Jr. that, like, I'm going to beat this. We're going to be fine. A nice, nice moment. A hug. Is this the last time these two are together? Oh, no, I guess not. But, like, a last nice moment these two are together. Um, spoiler alert for a couple of weeks. But, uh, yeah, it's um, it's a nice little scene. Walt leaves Jesse another voice message. Uh, this is where I like the scene where Jesse basically wakes up and Marie's making him a coffee. Uh, you know, got a house guest, got to put on a pot of coffee for him. Here you go. And Gomi's there. So Gomi obviously knows. And uh, they're going to record Jesse... Uh, telling, spilling the beans, and this is going to be a, obviously, we'll see bits and pieces of this recording over the coming weeks. Uh, I like this kind of the next scene when you've got Hank and Gomi just on the balcony, just kind of like, holy fuck, like, what's happening? Um, they're, like, shocked and saying that we need um, some pretty rock-solid proof here to uh, to be able to tell the uh, the rest of the DEA, essentially, that this is going to go down, uh, that he's evil and all this kind of stuff. Jesse uh, gets told what their next move is and basically Hank's like, you're going to meet Walt because he's left you another voicemail. You're going to wear a wire and we're going to try and get some evidence. Jesse doesn't like this idea, thinks he's going to be killed. What does he say? Like he's going to be like a poisonous spike on the seat or something like that. Like I kind of <laughs> like he's um, just, you know, very Jesse essentially here. Um, and that uh, Hank essentially trying to – I do – I, I kind of like here Hank like – Again, it plays into Jesse always being manipulated by people, but, like, Hank essentially here going, hey, like, you know, clearly he doesn't want you dead. He could have killed you here. He could have killed you here. He could have killed you here. Um, and then I just, Hank, at the end of the day, because, like, what is Gomi? He's like, oh, what happens if he is right? And he just gets there to show him. And then Hank's just basically like, well, that means we just get him on camera killing Jesse. So, like, kind of, it kind of doesn't matter as long as we get Walt. So, yep, Hank's just uh, clearly manipulating Jesse, as everybody does. Um, so yeah, I mean, a few more scenes there. I think we kind of, uh, lumped the last bit into, to one sequence there, but, um, you know, like I, I kind of like, I remember watching this for the first time going like, wow, Jesse, like I, I still didn't believe that Jesse would turn over on Walt, but kind of like he does. And again, I'm not sure of the fan opinion, if this is something that people don't like Jesse for, but as somebody who's kind of team Jesse, a lot of the time, I, I kind of buy into this is what Jesse would do. I think yeah. this is just, it makes sense to me. I think that's the key thing is that it kind of feels like a natural thing that would happen. You know, like I think this is the thing that Jesse would do at this point that, you know, he doesn't want to work with the cops, but he actually has got to the point where, you know, all he's got left now is to get revenge on Walt. That's all he wants is to make sure that this guy gets what's coming to him. So he's going to do whatever he needs to do in order to make that happen. So, yeah, I think kind of like there's a lot of kind of quick scenes in this that, you know, all those kind of we're just hitting some kind of key points to kind of move us to, you know, the, the conclusion of the show. Um, but yeah, I think there's some, you know, some, some fun little scenes to be had here. I kind of like the, you know, when kind of, um, Jesse kind of comes out of that room and he's kind of face, not face to face, but you know, like him and him, Maria at the other end of the hall from each other. And I, I kind of just like that. It's quite an odd thing of kind of 
these two characters that we've seen for mm. 50 plus episodes, but they've never really interacted before, never interacted before. Right. And, and, you know, so suddenly we've got these two characters that we've come to know very well individually kind of interacting for the first time. It's, it's really interesting, you know? Um, so, so yeah, I, I do like that. I love that later on Jesse's got the uh, DEA coffee mug. I think that's, that's quite a nice touch, you know, um, you know, because he's, he's kind of become the rat. So now he's got the, the DEA coffee mug, which I think is quite good. Um, I, I actually really like that little scene with Walt and Walt Jr. You know, there's, it's not much to it, but I think it kind of just hits home that, you know, Walt has kind of, transition to seeing Jesse as his kind of surrogate son and it's nice to just be reminded that you know there is this actual person who is his real son um and you know like like you say it's kind of like a, a one of the last moments they're going to kind of have together before everything kind of turns to shit and you know like I think it's just nice to kind of cap that relationship and remind audiences of where this relationship is as we kind of head into the end of the show so I, I really like that I, th- I think it's a nice kind of touch um yeah, I'm not sure that I've got too much more to add. I think I think that the the scenes we've got are, are, are really good. I think kind of um, and the whole idea of you know Jesse being prepared to do this, I think is is really interesting. And and this is kind of what I was talking about before is that you know when they're doing this kind of setup, this is where I feel that Hank starts to push Jesse a little bit more than he really needs to because he's now getting desperate that he realizes that his case currently sits as a, you know, he said, she said kind of situation and Jesse's word is all he has at the moment. And, Mm. you know, Jesse's got a, you know, he's got a, a, maybe not a criminal record as such, but, you know, like he's got dealings with the DEA and police already. So, you know, is he going to be a reliable witness? Um, who's going to stack up more. And I kind of think, you know, like any of those courtroom dramas or true crime podcasts you want to listen to, often that's what it comes down to. And, you know, you can imagine if it was, you know, Jesse versus Walt on a on a witness stand, who's going to be more effective? And it's probably going to be Walt, right? You know, so, um, so yeah, I think he, you know, um, Hank's becoming more and more desperate to have that actual evidence. Um, the other thing I really like is that whole idea of, you know, has the phone so every time that Walt is leaving a message it's actually Hank who's getting it I think it's quite a cool little touch does do we find this out in another episode does does Jesse admit that he killed Gail yes um, I'm trying to remember the bit because obviously we see some of this confession video in a later episode and I'm trying to remember exactly what I said I don't think we actually see that on screen um but I could be wrong about that. But I'm pretty sure that that's not the bit that we kind of that we kind of see in a later episode. Yeah, because I, I I vaguely feel we see it, but because I mean, I guess obviously you would never admit to murdering someone, but I guess under duress, right? Like, I guess you could explain it away, maybe. Well, I think it's one of those things too. If Jesse doesn't feel like he has anything to lose, like if he ends up in prison for this, well, <sighs> it was probably going to happen anyway at this point. Like he he's in a situation where, you know, like he just he's got nothing to lose at this point. And you kind of see that, that kind of like the look in his eye that he's kind of, it's that same look he had in, in, in the interrogation room, you know, like he's just, it's just, there's nothing left anymore. You know, he just doesn't really care. He just wants to see Walt brought to justice. And if that means that he ends up behind bars, well, you know, there's a whole lot worse places that Jesse could probably end up in right now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so this last scene is great. Uh, probably the best bit of the episode. Um, so this is a big meet-up scene. Uh, Jesse's getting wired. He's going to meet Walt in this uh, very open public sort of square area of Albuquerque. Uh, we see Jesse walking up to Walt 
And uh, we see Walt sitting at the bench, but then Jesse spots another sinister-looking bald guy. There's always got to be bald on this show, of course. <laughs> so, uh, of course, Jesse thinks that this is, um, I guess, Walt's got somebody there to uh, kill him, essentially. So uh, Jesse then does a runner almost. Uh, Hank and Gomi think he is, but he goes to a payphone, calls up Walt, and he's basically like, I know what you're trying to do. I'm going to get you first. <laughs> and basically leaves and uh, poor old Hank gets Jesse and he's basically going off at him. What are you doing? You idiot. You cost us this. And Jesse's like, I've got a better way to get him. We don't, you know, we don't need to do what we're doing there. We then find out that that bald, menacing, evil guy was just a nice dad waiting for his daughter, uh, which I kind of like the way this guy's just standing there looking all suspicious and all of a sudden he's like, Where, who's dropping his daughter off? Is his mum there or something? Like, he's just, why is he just standing there looking evil? It's just what all bold people do, just stand there looking evil and sinister. Well, they do in this universe. Bloody oath. Um, and then Walt kind of walks off and then Walt rings up uh, Todd and says, I've got another job for your uncle. So uh, he's going to put a hit out on Jesse pretty much, it seems. So they're both basically going to be trying to kill each other in the last uh, four weeks potentially. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tense. I feel like I'm underselling it a little bit. It's, it's tense. I think even this is something that kind of the tension holds up a little bit as well. But, I mean, these two are fully at each other's throats now, which i got to say, it's kind of one of these things like there's plenty of TV shows that we've covered on this on this podcast that, you know, I say that certain things would be great to see. Spoiler right now if you've not watched all of 24, uh, but like one of the things you'd always wanted to see in 24 is Jack Bauer turn evil, which he kind of does in the last season for at least an episode. Uh, so like kind of that's kind of cool. Whereas um, like here, you kind of all, I guess we're always hanging on to the hope that one day you're going to see Walt and Jesse almost against each other, right? Like fighting to the death. Uh, which I don't know, maybe that was just me, but I kind of like the fact that this is really setting it up now for the final few episodes. So yeah, this, this scene's a great way and I'll spoiler alert. I'm going to buy this episode, but this is probably again, similar to last week, the final scene kind of sways it over the edge for me to, to put it into the green rather than the yellow. Yeah. And I think it's interesting again, listening to some of the, the making of stuff around this, I think is probably, is, is going to be the stuff that kind of gets you over the line for a buy in that case. Cause I think this, this scene was initially supposed to be in like a park and, you know, kind of similar, I guess, to kind of, when you think back to that better call Saul episode where you kind of had the, that, you know, the, the road trip cop um, and, mm. and Badger um, and, and, you know, they, they just kind of liked this idea of kind of this frenetic energy of other people around coming in and out of the scene in this kind of plaza um, gave this kind of a more energy. Um, and I agree. I think it, it just really is effective that you can kind of see this really tense moment happening with all these people around them kind of just going about their daily lives. And, um, and you know, all of them seem threatening to Jesse in some way or another, whether it's, you know, kind of this homeless person who's got like bottles that are clinking or whatever it is, you know, like all mm. of it kind of adds to that, that kind of frenetic chaos of the scene. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, I think that was a really good choice. It's kind of quite cool to see this, the making of, of this and kind of, you know, that they close this plaza down and then, you know, they kind of bring in these extras to kind of, it's always like flash mob type stuff, you know. Um, and, and so I really like it. It's, um, it, it, it is, and I think it is that kind of, um, you know, that real tension at the end. And I think that kind of final line from, um, well, I don't know if it's the final line, but, you know, talking about I'm going to hit you where you live or, you know, I can get you with what really matters to you. And I, I think, like, you know, the audience is thinking, well, that's obviously the money. Um, but, you know, I think in the larger 
the larger kind of theme of the show. It's also about his pride, um, mm. and you know, the, the, and the money is his pride. It's kind of his trophy. Like the actual amount of money for Walt is not really that important, but having those barrels of money is his trophy. And so, you know, that's the thing that is going to be what gets him in the end. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I think that it's it's a really effective. You know, it's nowhere near as kind of explosive in terms of a cliffhanger as last week, but I think kind of just those simple lines make it really, really powerful. Kind of as we head into this so yeah i mean I, look i'm not jumping out of my skin excited about this episode but i do really like how this ends it kind of just we've seen that continual building of tension that's kind of keeping me invested as a viewer first time and kind of fourth fifth sixth whatever time this is of watching it you know so i you know i i think it's it's got plenty to to recommend it um the only other thing i want to say which has got really nothing to do with this but it's just kind of again watching the making of here of, of kind of like when when walt's kind of reading his lines when he's on the phone they kind of have jesse you know, they have aaron paul standing right there kind of reading the lines to him because obviously they're having a phone conversation um and you know, it's quite interesting to kind of see that happen and you know just kind of like the camaraderie between the two of them on that filming location and you get reminded of just how funny brian cranston is too like he's this real joker on set and um, yeah, I think it's just just this real kind of ending of the show that the kind of um, the the emotional energy behind all of this for them as they kind of end it. You can, it kind of just every time you watch one of those documentaries, you really are starting to see it. Um, that yeah, they're all kind of so invested in getting this right towards the end. That's it's one of the things that I always like wonder. Like watching, it would be great to be on the set of this. Is like when these two have got these really intense scenes. But like they just always seem like they're just joking around and having fun. Like I, I can't imagine they're never not serious with each other. But like it's just kind of one of these shows where it's like <laughs> it's so deadly serious sometimes that like it's just you see them off camera just joking around. Like it's kind of whenever you see interviews with these guys about Breaking Bad, like there's just they're always more funny than they are serious, which is kind of just it's it's interesting. So it'd be interesting to kind of see that. Um, yeah, I think I, um, I, just just to add to that, like um, I, I for whatever reason, you know, like I'm obviously kind of always scanning for like w- little videos about Breaking Bad that I can watch that's going to give me an insight. So I'm always on YouTube, kind of looking at stuff, and um, so I'm always getting recommends, you know, now on Breaking Bad, you know, you gotta love algorithms and all that, and um, it, it came up with this like. It, it, one of the YouTube channels and they've got this photo of like it, I'll have to send it to you it's like this really disturbing image of Aaron Paul like kind of like about to kind of you know French kiss this kind of like life-size dummy of Walter White and you've got Brian Cranston like like grinning in the background it's really quite like I, I, did, I didn't need to see that but it is really funny there's one that keeps popping up on mine. I think it's like a, it's either a podcast or it's just like a, a series where they do commentaries or something like that on YouTube. And they always have like funny, like mashup um, things. And there was one where it was like implying that um, Walt was sharing Skylar with Jesse. So it was like a picture of them on the red carpet of like <laughs> yeah, Aaron Paul yeah. and, and a gun being like quite friendly with each other or something like that. And it's like Walt likes to share too or something like that. Like it's. <laughs> Um, which I'm sure there's fan fiction out there. Um, oh, and I see it now. I see this lovely picture of <laughs> Jesse making out with Walt. Okay, um, <laughs> as you do. Uh, seriously, uh, if you're a fan fiction fan, let us know your favourite um, slash fan fiction of Walt and Jesse and throw in Skyler there for good measure. Um, any interesting trivia here? Well, I think what it's interesting, like, because the, the trivia section on the Breaking Bad wiki for this particular episode is huge, but quite a lot of them are 
this shot is a reference to this episode and this shot is a reference to that episode and this prop is a reference to this episode and I think kind of like I wonder if that's actually true you know like I, it mm. probably is because it's breaking bad you know but um, I do kind of think that we are starting to you know the fan kind of side of this is starting to kind of you know we're, we're wrapping the axle around the post now of like everything has to be connected you, can you get know a and bit it, too, like, yeah yeah, yeah. and, and I, like for example I think one of them is that you know like there's a there's a vase or vase depending on what part of the world you're from you know on the the table at, at um, the Schrader House which is the same as the you know, same design as the beaker that they use and you know one of the season one episodes and it's like really like I, I don't really think that's a thing but sure if it is it is but you know I'm I'm not sure that I feel any richer for having known that I like the one here where they're both basically going like. The colour of the pool resembles the blue sky that they cook. It's like it's water's blue. Like I mean, like, yeah. is that is that really a thing? The one here I love on the um the trivia. A DVD box set of Deadwood appears on a bookshelf in Hank's house. It does lead one to ask why Hank doesn't think his sister-in-law looks like the actress who played Martha <laughs> Bullock, a Deadwood character played by Anna Gunn. I mean, this is one of those things where it's like Yes and no. Like, I, he's our Friends reference of the week. Like, I remember always people complain when Bruce Willis is in Friends. They're like, do they not think he, they love Die Hard? Do they not think he looks like the guy? Like, yes, I'm sure they probably just go, oh, he kind of resembles John McClane. Like, it's it's like recently, spoiler alert if you haven't seen The Eternals, like in Eternals, they mentioned Superman and Batman. So it's kind of like, okay, so does Superman and Batman exist in the MCU world? And, like, I recently watched Spider-Man Homecoming and they referenced Star Wars in that. So it's kind of like, well, you, sometimes you got to have these things. Like if all of a sudden they just made up something and they called it like a live wood, you'd be like, oh, haha, they're doing a play. Like I guess the Simpsons kind of does that. Like they, instead of Apple, it's like Mapple and things like that. But I don't know. Like sometimes you just, it's a bit of an in-joke. It's a bit of fun, you know. It's kind of, why not? It's that anal, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I just, I, I and, and I guess like, there will be fans who just like love this stuff. Like I'm not one of them, but I, I'm sure there are heaps of fans that love that. This is connects to this and this, but it's like, you know, now it feels like every time there is a fly on screen, it's like, this is yeah. a reference to fly. And it's like, I'm not entirely, sometimes it is like, you know, one of the episodes we did recently, I can't remember which one it opens with a shot of a fly, which was a digital shot. It wasn't just a, a you know, an image of fly that they, uh, that they got. So it, it very much was a deliberate attempt to reference that episode. Um, yeah. But, but generally speaking, if there's a fly buzzing around, it's not because they want to reference fly. It's just it happened it's, to be there, you know? Yeah. And I like, and again, like all the power to these super fans who want to connect the dots and like, it's great. Like it's, it's good that you got a passion community, but sometimes it goes a bit far. Like, at the time of recording this, again, I know this is going to air a lot longer after we record this, but, you know, no time to die. I still feel fairly fresh, at least for um, Australia. Uh, but I kind of love, like, they do these videos of, like, all the connections to all the Bond films in no time to die. And it's like, yeah, there are some clear homages to previous Bond films, some pretty obvious ones. But then when they go, like, this camera angle of this shot clearly is a reference to live another, uh, live, live and let die. It's kind of like, really? Like, is it? Um, like I loved it in like Die Another Day where they're literally like, going like, oh, they pay homage to every single Bond film and they're trying to work out like the sprinklers going off is a clear reference to the world is not enough. And it's like, sprinklers go off? Like, I mean, like it's just the way they kind of do this. It's yeah, but all the power to our beloved Breaking Bad fans. Um, 
you are you are very good people. Um, well, and I think it probably I, also just speaks to the fact that this is now a, a mass appeal show, you know, whereas in kind of seasons one to four, it was still quite a cult hit, you know, like it was certainly one to three. Um, and yeah, suddenly it just becomes this massive thing. And so people are pouring over these details at this point where maybe they weren't in season three. Yeah, and that that is true. And like, obviously, as you know, you're right. That's a good point. Like, kind of these these episodes were really publicly out there. It wasn't just you know your sort of your cult thing. So you got more people doing it. You got more eyes on it. So more people are connecting the dots. This set and everything else. It's it's. I mean, we we've talked recently about our roots as Survivor Oz. I mean, old school Survivor fans. We've been there from the beginning. So it's kind of like okay, cool. You know, we know this, we know that, and we just we plot along. But then you've got these people who catch up on the show and watch every episode back to front and like this person got this vote and this did this and this did that and blah blah blah. It's like great, you're passionate, you're fantastic. Um, but it's kind of like, you know, you don't have to be that type of person to enjoy it in a certain way and be knowledgeable and and get things and read it and interpret. It. I mean, I'm dumb as fuck. But like you know, like I can still watch a show like this and enjoy it and get a few references here and there, you know. So that's why I've got Nick on this show because he reads books and watches videos. <laughs> so- but, it, but for me, it's also like I I don't feel particularly enriched by you know like the, those kind of references. But like I've been trying to drop in and when it when it feels appropriate is like. I listened to this commentary and it had the costume designer, which told me something interesting. And, you know, like this is the set designer and, you know, and, and this is the editor. And like, and, and, and that's what I get out of it is like, it's a, this kind of collaborative effort to bring this stuff together and all these different people with these different skills, as opposed to this reference got made here. Yeah, but, and I think that's, but everyone's yeah, different. I agree. You know? I, and, but I agree with that. And I think kind of like, that's where like, I mean, we do that in all our shows and movies where you've got these like official things and that sort of stuff. And I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to take away from the passionate fan community who does this and does that. And it's like, that's what's fun. You love something. Like we've all got something in our lives that we love beyond anything mm. else. Like be it a, a sport, a, a popular culture, food. Some people like Taylor Swift, good for them. But like, it's, it's kind of like we've all got something you're passionate about that you feel you are the number one. If you were on like mastermind, what is your expert subject? You would go, boom, this. I will know everything about that back to front. So what would yours be, Nick? What would your your master? I think it would probably still be Survivor just because I've got like a freakish memory for some of the like voting things. And, you know, um, if I could pick a particular season, it would probably be like Survivor Africa. Like I wouldn't ever pick Breaking Bad just because I think it is a show that's just got like so much behind it that Mm. I think it would be incredibly difficult to kind of have have that much knowledge about it but i think it would be one of these things you have to really be strategic because like it's all well and good to say you know everything but if you chose something like survivor or breaking bad they would do things that would they their goal is to make you seem dumb right to really test you so like yeah you you if i was to do survivor i would specifically do a season um i would i would go out of the way and be like survivor africa episode four like that is my topic um, I reckon I, I, I would say mine would be Michael Schumacher. Um, that would probably be mine. Uh, although I'd be, I'd be pretty decent to go on third watch because I don't think that would be one that anybody would ever choose. And I think even they would struggle to find some good trivia for that <laughs> online. So, um, I feel I would be pretty on top of the ball there. Um, although like I, if I was, yeah, like olympics but i would I'd be more specific i wouldn't because that'd be like who won gold in the 100 meter freestyle at the 1912 antwerp olympics I'm like, yeah. Fuck. whereas like i'd be like you know day three of the sydney olympics is my special topic thanks um the oz network podcast there's my special if i don't know the fucking answers to that then jesus christ can, can you say yourself <laughs> special topic bear more to worth 
Yeah, but again, like the Oz Network's got what, like fifteen hundred episodes. Too or many episodes. Like, yeah, yeah, that would be hard. <laughs> Who hosted episode four hundred and twelve? Like, oh, the Sal Perry episode of Nip Tuck. <laughs> what was the fifth line said at the seventeenth minute? <laughs> I mean, look, there would be some people out there who would know that. Hello, Chris Dixon. Um, I've already spoiled it. I'm buying this episode. Uh, and I'll jump in and say, again, another lowish one that I've ranked. I Nearly a rent for me, so it's a it's a fairly low one for me. I've got this at um, 41st, so I've got this a few spots slower than last week. So I've got this just below No Mass and just above another Season 5 episode, Hazard Pay. So, again, like it's... I feel like that make, makes it out like it's bad, but can I just point out that uh, out of so far we've had 58 episodes, 45 of them are buys. So the, if I'm saying number 45, which is Problem Dog, is a low, it's still a buy. So um, that just goes to show the quality of the show and how many buys at least I've had. You've had even more than I have, of course. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I've got this at uh, 41st. And just quickly before you give yours, I'll say, before I forget, The Ringer has this at 38. So around uh, about the oh. halfway point. Yeah, and I think I'm kind of in line with with the ringer again, which is a bit unusual. So yeah, it's it's a, it's a buy for me. I've got it at, at 28, 27, 27, Sorry, um, again with the with with the kind of proviso that you know there's a few coming that are that are definitely going to be above it. So I, I know that it's going to get bumped down a couple of episodes for sure. But um, yeah, I think for me, like I've created a bit of a rod for my own back by having so many buys. It's like, well, okay, so where does it actually fit within like a, a you know, the buys is quite a difficult thing to do. Um, but you know, I've bought much worse episodes than this. Um, and yeah, I, look, I think I'm at the moment. I think I'm at 53 buys, and I think wow. that that's I think that's more buys than I had in the entire Nip Tuck run, which was 100 episodes. So, um, kind of tells you what I think about the show. I mean, I stand by all those buys, so don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, after our discussion yesterday, I probably had this a little bit further up, and then kind of ran through my rankings and was like, okay, I've got this episode and this episode below it, and that's not right. So I ended up actually bumping it down just. Just having a bit more of a strategic think. I've actually got it. Oh, you're going to hate me, but I've got it. I've got it below Peekaboo, um, oh. just below Peekaboo, but above Buyout, which I think is the one you just mentioned. So yeah, we've kind of got some similarities there. Um, Peekaboo's got an amazing scene in it, but the rest of the episode I think is 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 great, is good, you know, but but not mind blowing. I think that's the thing. Like I think when I kind of start to look at categories, like what's an A plus episode and what's a you know, and you know, if I was looking at this in, in terms of A plus episodes, I think kind of like the first 25 almost yeah, probably around 25 episodes are in that category for me, which is amazing. Um, and so, you know, like this, this is probably like a B, you know, C plus, whatever, you know, it's kind of around that area. It's still definitely a buy, it's a pass, but it's it's definitely not um, n- not the height of some of the other episodes that we've seen and will see, quite frankly. So, so yeah, I, I'm ha- happy with where it's at, but yeah, it's definitely a bit lower and definitely lower based on our conversation from this week and from last week as well. 23 in a row now for Nick. Smashing records. Put into context, you have rented five episodes of Breaking Bad in all of the episodes we've done so far. The rest you have bought. You've never been to an episode of Breaking Bad. In season two of Nip Tuck, which is, <laughs> at the top of my head was your favourite season, which, I mean, I thought it was going to be mine, but then season four stole the show, of course. You, re- you rented seven episodes in that season alone. <laughs> so just, uh, you know, put that into context. And also, can we just point out that uh, I'm calling this... With four episodes left, I think you're going to be missed 100% here. I, I, I mean, I'm the next two weeks, I think, if you 
do not buy them. Fuck, you shouldn't be on this show. Uh, I'm the one who hates Ozymandias. Overrated piece of shit. Don't like it at all. <laughs> rubbish. Burn. Worse than fly. Yeah. Oh, God, I'd rather watch Sal Perry than that rubbish. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, no pressure at all then, Nick, for four more to go to, be, to, to join me. Join me. And together we can buy an entire season on the Oz Network <laughs> and rule the galaxy as podcast host and podcast host. Uh, are you feeling confident, Miss Hunter? You already know. You already know. You've got yeah, I mean, it. I You've already got- know. Yeah, but I mean, like, we need to keep our viewers in like some form of viewers. We don't have any viewers. We don't have any listeners. No, um, no one's a look at space. They don't want to listen to us. Let alone look at us. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it goes without saying. There's some phenomenal episodes coming up, so you can probably put two and two together. Cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we're through with setup more or less and now we're into we're 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 in we're into the payoff time well um yeah we're we're at to maybe the two single greatest episodes back to back of television at least in the last 10 years um maybe ever some people argue i don't know but uh how do we pronounce it nick to to i can't say it to hajali Tarsley, 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 Tarsley comes about next week, and I got to say this. I, I, I don't know. Not the first time I said it. I always think this just gets forgotten about. Like Ozymandias yeah. is is the great episode of Breaking Bad. This is the esteemed episode that everybody talks about. But like, I feel that this this is the one where the I think the stuff that people think happens in Ozymandias happens at the end of this episode because I always think it all happens in one. But, like, there's some pretty heavy shit next week, and it's pretty goddamn epic. And if you, again, combine this with Ozymandias and release it as a movie, probably best picture winner that year. I mean, it's it's that good. Um, but, yeah, I am I mean, I'm obviously looking forward to two weeks' time with Ozymandias because, of course, who wouldn't be finally looking forward to talking about that episode? But I think this one I'm very much looking forward to as well because this is, I think I've told the story now a few times, that this was, I think, the one that I flicked over one night and I saw the end of this episode. I'm like, fuck, what, what's happening? What's going on? And luckily they were showing back-to-back episodes that night. So, like, they kind of went straight into Ozymandias. And this was, like, SBS on, like, a Saturday night, like, one in the morning. And I was like, fuck, well, what is this? This is, what is this? Oh, this is that Breaking Bad show everybody keeps telling me to watch. And I had no clue what the context of anything was happening. And I was like, wow, this is pretty epic. So, yeah, I, I mean... Spoiler alert, this is the last episode I'm hosting in terms of episode episodes. I'll be obviously doing the recaps and I'll be doing El Camino at the end, but this is the last single Breaking Bad episode that I'm in control of. So Nick takes the reins in the last four weeks. But yeah, bring it on. Tohajahijali. Tohajahijali. Hey, Tohajahijali. That was it, right? Yeah, you got it right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's – we kind of talked when we when we were talking about um, – what was the episode that we that we talked about that we kind of – gliding overall, um, mm. so, so season, uh, season five, episode eight, and we talked about that as being one that gets a little forgotten, you know, like that there are other episodes that I think are just memorable, often for a scene or just often because, of, you know, they're just known for being good. Um, and, and I think this is a similar one. I think that it, it, it does get overlooked. Um but yeah, it, it's great. I mean, there's a moment in the next episode that you've waited seasons for to see this one moment, and and you, you get to see it. Um, and 
you know, it, it, it's satisfying for TV shows to kind of build up to something that you've wanted to see and then it happens, you know. And, and, and so I think that that's, that's great. And it doesn't happen in Ozymandias. It happens in this episode. Um, and so, yeah, I think the final scene, the final act, whatever you might want to say, of this of this episode is amongst the best in the entire show. And and I don't think anybody really thinks of it. And I think you're, I think you're right in that. I think a lot of people connect it with being part of Ozymandias, but it's not. It's part of this episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's just some really good stuff in this, you know. Um, and it's not just that. I think it's you know a, a lot of setup. Um, one of the things that I'll I'll definitely kind of be saying um, in in the next step in Ozymandias is that the biggest compliment I can give that episode is that it feels like it only goes for twenty minutes because you just oh, can't God, draw yeah. your eyes away from it. Um, and this one's a bit the same. Like it just feels like shit. It's over. Like that was that was a great episode and it's finished. Um, so, so yeah, I think that there's a lot to be said for, you know, episodes that feel really short because, you know, they, they are just so good. So yeah, I don't think there's too much more we can really say about it until we get there and it's going to be great to be able to talk about it. I just can't believe we're there. I really just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the amount of times we would say in all of our episodes about, Oh, number one, obviously is this episode and this episode and just felt like forever that we were getting there. I mean, Often the shows that we've said a lot about how this is the rare show that kind of gets better and right towards the end, but ultimately all the TV shows that we've covered on the Oz Network generally, the great episodes, the all-time great episodes are usually quite early. Um, so it's kind of, it's it's interesting. It's that build-up, you know, to kind of to yeah. being here that we're there essentially. And- and I think the other thing too is like we haven't actually talked about it for a little while, you know, but, you know, I like to kind of just occasionally drop in the whole, um, you know, like what's the IMDB rating for these things. And I think like just off the top of my head, I'm just doing like a frantic search at the moment, but I'm pretty sure that it's kind of like the lowest rating of these last four seasons is like the last four episodes is nine point seven. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you've got a 9.7, a 9.8, a 9.9 and a 10. <laughs> you know, like wow. that, that's what you get in for the last four episodes. You know, just as a comparison, this was a nine point two. Um, so you know, this was still a very good episode, but you know, it's like it is going to get better, which which is you know great. Yeah. Well, exactly. Hopefully, the Oz Network might eventually get better. We'll wait and see. <laughs> Speaking of which, you should listen to our other shows. They're great. Uh, um, twenty four going on. Uh, movies, all that kind of other stuff. Great sister shows are out there. Uh, seriously, there are better podcasts than this, so you can find them on iTunes. Just click on the TV and movies tab on your uh, iTunes Apple podcast, and you'll see like thousands, thousands of podcasts out there that are better than the Oz Network. Listen to them; they're pretty good as well. Uh, in the meantime, am I the only podcast in the world that tells you to listen to other shows and not listen to this? <laughs> Why we don't have listeners? The honest host Ben tells you not to listen. Uh, literally, you've got somebody listening to this right now. Oh, okay, fair point. I thought this was okay, but if there are better ones, I'll stop listening to this. Uh, my name is Ben, and Nick Chester's gay for me. Everybody knows that. My name's Nick, and uh, I'm staying. I'll heat up a lasagna. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.